Time in learning how to accept bits of yourself that maybe you didn't accept before. So like with, with time comes love maybe? Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Is like it, it took time for me to like love that part of myself and now I like really love that part of myself. <laughs> Listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee, exploring offline realities with online personalities. Francis Cannon is a Melbourne artist working predominantly in drawing and painting in ink, gouache, and watercolor. Francis's work examines what it is like to be a woman in contemporary times looking at ideas of body love and body loathing, anxiety, relationships, sex and sexuality, gender, and bodily functions. I went over to Francis's place where we chatted about what it was like to grow up as a missionary kid in Thailand. So, I'm so excited to talk. It's like our first conversation ever. Yeah, hello. Um, so tell me about you. Tell me about, did you grow up here? Did you grow up, like, tell me just the um, short history of Francis. The short history of Francis. Well, I actually grew up in Thailand. My parents work in Thailand, and so they moved our family over there when I was nine months old. Um, so n not very many people know that. <laughs> it, like, doesn't come up because I'm, like, very Aussie now. Yeah. But I've only actually been in Australia for five years. So oh, what? Excuse me? <laughs> your, your accent doesn't sound anything other than Aussie at all. I call myself an accent sponge. So like whatever I'm hearing, because I'll, I'll probably start copying you in like half an hour. I'll start like putting on like American accent without realizing. Um, but yeah, like I just like suck up whatever accent I'm hearing. Yeah, so, yeah. your mirror neurons are really yeah. empathetic. Yeah, I'm just like, like oh, I just want to be I just, like you. Yeah, I feel safe around me. Uh, That's the, me. The funny thing is I'm just non- like if I'm around an accent, I don't copy it. Yeah. And so what does that say about my empathy? Yeah, you just have none. Yeah, you're just a really mean person here. <laughs> okay, so you grew up in Thailand. Yeah. Where in Thailand? Um, so for the first ten years we were in a really tiny town in central Thailand, like very rural. We're the only white family there. Um, so that was like and we were, I was homeschooled for that time. And then for the next few years, we were in Chiang Mai, which is in the north, which is a bit more like a lot more Westerners. There was an international school that I went to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and so why were you there? So my parents are actually missionaries. They're Christian missionaries. So okay. I grew up really religious. Wow. Um, so they went over there to plant churches, which is going over and like starting a church in a town that doesn't have a church and go from there. So, okay. so that's what, that's what they did and that was my upbringing yeah wow. and how many um how are they still over there now they're still over there but they've changed like they don't do church planting anymore now they're dorm parents for an international school so they like look after kids whose parents work elsewhere in asia wow just like boarding school kind of yeah. vibes yeah, yeah. So that's you have other siblings? i have one other sibling uh, my younger sibling um lives like across town just like couple hours away so in I see Melbourne? them yeah in Melbourne okay. so I see them fairly often yeah oh cool it's nice cool. yeah and, um so do your parents 
come back to see you guys much? Um, I probably see them once a year and we kind of alternate what we do. So I'll either go back over there or they'll come here like about once a year. Yeah. 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 Does Thailand feel like home? Um, Thailand has like all of my childhood. Yeah. So in that way it feels like home, but I've like made a home for myself here in Australia now. So now Australia's home, but like yeah. Thailand holds like all my precious memories and stuff. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So tell me about what it was like growing up, um, well in Thailand and also in a very Christian, I guess, family. Yeah. Um, I want to hear, I want to hear about how you got from that to this and mm-hmm. Melbourne and feminism and all of your body positivity. I, I want to yeah. know like, how does that road lead you here and what does that look like? I feel like it was such a windy road. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, so like my parents are, are still very religious, um, and, um, they're pretty supportive of what I do. My mum, my mum's very supportive. My dad struggles with the nudity and stuff cause it's a bit, bit too out there. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, so I grew up super Christian, um, went to like church every week, went to like Bible studies, stuff like that. Um, and I was Christian myself until I was 21. Um, so I'm, I'm 26 now, um, nearly. <laughs> um, yeah, and and that was just like my life, and it was like very like very immersive, very um, like everything was about Jesus, everything was about God, and like what kind of person you were, like depended on like what the Bible told you to do and stuff like that. So it's, it was very like very 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 Christian, the most Christian. Um, yeah, and then so when I moved back to Australia when I was 19, um, I started university um, and started meeting people from different faiths or from no faith um, and started, like, really, like, experiencing life outside of this bubble that I had been in my entire life, which was, like, quite scary but also really liberating. And um, I think meeting all these people and realising how, wonderful they were and how I didn't think that they needed to change or become Christian or anything to be the amazing people that they were that I started like realizing oh actually I'm not really vibing with this anymore it doesn't really align with who I am anymore Mm. um but that was like such a such an ordeal like totally flipping like what I believed in and stuff like it took like a quite like it took probably like at least a year or two of really like deconstructing who I was and stuff. It was just very traumatic, but mm-hmm. but worth it because I'm really happy with who I am now. Yeah. Um. Still, obviously, learning and growing all the time and stuff. But yeah, like pretty intense though. Yeah, it's a pretty intense thing to um, live one way and, and see the world one way for yeah. 15 years. Yeah. And then to like you said to completely take it all apart. Yeah. And kind of like recreate a new version of yourself. Mm-hmm. That, is still pieces of you but not all the same pieces yeah like it's like it's still me but also like my belief systems are quite different now and I think like it like because it was such a gradual shift for me I still feel like the same person but I think like when people from like my high school or like from my past see me now they're probably like what what happened to the Francis that we knew and I'm like oh I'm still me like like still like had to have all this in me already to get here. Does that make sense? Like, like I have always like really believed in, um, people and not trying to change people and stuff like that. So I, I like, I always struggled with like what my parents did, which is like 
trying to convert people and stuff's not my favorite thing. Um, um, but I do get where they're coming from as well because it is, it is out of love on their part because they believe that, that it's helpful, but I like, I just don't see it that way anymore. Um, so deep already. <laughs> I know, I was like, I just knocked down your door 10 minutes ago. I love it, though. Yeah. It's so interesting. So I want to know more about, um, you know, growing up in, in a culture that's so different to the, like, sort of Western Australia, mm-hmm. not, not WA Western Australia, yeah. like Western world, yeah. right? Yeah. Western Australia. <laughs> um, what, what has that been like to kind of literally get to know like two different cultures mm-hmm. two different worlds and like you said you were the only white people that lived where you grew up yeah and did did that feel like um anything that impacted who you are and who you are now and and did that play any role in even like your deconstruction mm. of learning how to undo certain things you you believed and and redo things yeah yeah so I think like I definitely think that growing up as a TCK or third culture kid, um, that's what we're called, <laughs> um, um, that did like expand my worldview. And like, I'm definitely really grateful that, cause I can speak Thai and I can read and write and stuff. Um, and I'm grateful for that to be bilingual is like, I think it's important. And that's something that I am glad. Um, even though like it was, it was tough, but it was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that, in that way, like, I'm really grateful and, um, yeah. And, and, but like when looking back and like deconstructing and stuff, like missionary work is so closely related to colonialism in a really uncomfortable way. And, and now I can see that so clearly. Um, and which like, so whenever like, I'm like, the people are like, what do your parents do? I'm like, mm. Well, <laughs> oh, my missionaries. <laughs> um, and I love them so much, and and like I'm not ashamed of them, but like I just don't agree with what they do. Um, yeah, it's so intense. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so, uh, how like I I think like how, like knowing and like like all my best friends growing up were Thai kids, and like um and most of my um most of the people like in the town that we grew up in were Buddhists. And so like, I learned about like another religion um, and learn about like another culture and stuff. And I think that, yeah, I think that that was really important in, in like making me who I am. Um, mm. And like, um, I love going back to Thailand as well. And, and like, I'm really excited. I'm going back in this coming June. I'm going to go back. And it's like um, the first time going back by myself. Cause Last time I went back was with my ex. So first time going back by, my, by myself as an adult with my current belief systems, like with all the stuff that I know now and like going back, is going to be like such a like weird growing experience. Cause mm-hmm. it's going to be like looking at all these things that I knew, but as a like kind of different person and as a, a and as a, like a child as well. So like, it's going to be like, it's going to be cool. It's going to be gonna intense. Be major, yeah. 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 Do your parents know, um, where you stand on things? Yeah. Yeah. So like my mom's always been like one of my closest friends and we talk about everything. Um, and she's like such an amazing open person. Um, so she's like, oh, I just love my mom so much. Um, like she's always been really like inquisitive and wants to know about my life and has always been really accepting of who I am and like what I believe, even if it doesn't align with what she believes yeah. in, which is really cool. That's um, 
so yeah so and and she like follows my instagram and i like as you probably know i overshare on instagram anyway so she like she like knows like the nitty-gritties of my life which is which is really nice my dad like doesn't keep in touch as much um they're still together and everything um but like he like i think like um he struggles with like just like on like a surface level because i'm not a man he struggles with that so like the like he's like okay so she's a woman so i don't understand her so then there's that level that he doesn't understand and then he's like oh she's not christian anymore so then there's another level that he doesn't understand and like oh she's like like openly like out like she's bi like she's like (laughs) she talks about her sexuality then there's another level so like we just like are on totally different playing fields so that means like we like don't have much to talk about a lot of the time so we like talk about the weather and stuff (laughs) um but my mum will like pass on information to my dad where if need be (laughs) oh yeah that's amazing yeah I, i relate to that a little bit yeah um when it comes to you and your family, did you go, you said that your, your sibling is close by and yeah. did they go through kind of the deconstruction process with you or was that something that you just did like solo? Um, so they, they've like gone through it, but in their own, in their own way. Like, so it was both of our kind of solo journeys, but we're on, like, we have very similar political views and like values now. So, um, yeah, they, they did well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so when did you start to get into, um, I guess, feminism and when did you start learning about that and, and what role did that play in sort of your, your faith and and the process of kind of deconstruction? Yeah. So it all kind of like was all at the same time. So, um, this is when I started at uni, um, and was meeting all these new people and making all these amazing friends. Um, and just like, I started learning about feminism so all all through my upbringing feminism was like a bad word like only like butch lesbians were feminist like I mean yes (laughs) um but like um yeah so 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 it was always like something that I thought was like a bad thing or like like oh man hating and like all those like words that are like aligned with feminism which like aren't necessarily true um so when I started uni and started actually like meeting people who I really loved and really enjoyed and really related to who were like, oh yeah, we're feminists. And I was like, what? Um, so, and like, and so people are really surprised when they like realize that I've only been like a feminist for like four years or something. And they're like, what? Mm. And I'm like, but I've just like worked really hard to update what I think. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like it all kind of came at the same time. So it was me like, realizing that I didn't, I didn't really agree with Christianity and realizing that I, um, didn't want to change people. Didn't, didn't think that people should like all had to be Christian. Didn't like the idea of heaven and hell. So there was all that. And then, and then like body positivity and feminism kind of came together. Um, I was like, I actually really like who I am. And I like where my body is. And then that, that went with feminism and, I like who, who all my friends are and it all kind of came, it was all like all in a, like a really weird, messy ball. <laughs> um, is this making sense? I feel like Absolutely. I'm really flabby yeah. already. No, no, I love it. I'm like, I have a million questions and I love it. <laughs> um, and I think like a big part of me really um, aligning with feminism was also realizing that I wasn't sure if I wanted to get married as well. So I was in a really long, really lovely long-term relationship with 
with this guy. Um, we broke up about six months ago now. So um, that's another story. But while we were together, we were like quite heavily pressured from both our families to get married. And, and that was something that we were like, we really heavily considered, but realized that it wasn't for us even though we were still in love, still together, still were together for a few more years, but just like decided we didn't want to get married. Um, and, and not that there's anything wrong with marriage, but just not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was some, cause it, cause it was something that was so heavily pressured on me my entire life. Like you're a woman, so you've got to get married, have kids. Um, and so like realizing that really like helped me align with feminism as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so complicated. It is complicated, but it's so interesting. And I want to know, because um, you are such an advocate for body positivity, and, yeah. and it's so it's so inspiring. Um, but at least in my experience of Christianity and of of faith backgrounds that are maybe more conservative. Um, they specifically are kind of body shaming. Yeah, absolutely. And there is a lot of, um, you know, body shame attached to um, all bodies, but especially female bodies. Yes, especially vaginas. Uh Yeah, Yeah. like you can't even say vagina. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. basically anything that's not cishet male is not, basically not as good. Yeah. Which is not true (laughs) um not real no (laughs) so tell me um tell me about what it was like growing up with that and did that affect your view of yourself and your body growing up yeah and was your uh kind of going through your stripping uh, your faith away yeah what did that phase also affect your body uh image yeah in that season yeah so um, like me loving my body was something that like my parents actually were quite good with. So, um, my parents were really, um, they're quite body positive actually, which is really nice. Like my mom struggles with like, um, shame of her own body, but she was always really supportive of me. Cause I, I grew up chubby. Like I've always been, been curvy. Um, and, and my, my mom's curvy as well. And, um, like, she was always, always like, no, Francis, you're beautiful. You're wonderful. Just how you are. Don't worry about like what, um, the media says and stuff. So really like on point Mm -hmm. for like the nineties. Yeah. Your mom sounds dope. (laughs) Um, um, and, and like my, my dad was like, um, pretty good about as well. Like I didn't have a very like good, um, sexual education, like sex education, but, um, like with periods and stuff, they're always really open. Um, so like, I like I, I was always like oh yeah like periods is is natural we'll never have sex but periods is natural and like, stuff like, that. like <laughs> um so like a bit like mixed messages um yeah. but yeah they were always like um like especially my mom really good about my body um but I did um obviously like when you see a parent say something about themselves you take that on a little bit as well so when yeah. my mom was saying like self-deprecating things about her body I would, I, I would see that and be like, but my body's very much like yours. Does that mean that mine's bad as well? So I took that on as well. And I think now she realizes, um, cause we've had conversations about this. Um, and, and now she realizes the importance of her loving her body as well. And I think she's learning. Um, I think she still struggles and like living in Thailand as like, um, 
uh, a bigger woman also didn't help with, especially my my mum's um, self confidence, because like a lot of Thai women are a lot smaller, and like Thai clothing stores often don't stock plus size stuff, and so my mum always struggles with that, and she still kind of does. Um, and so I'm always like trying to be like, but mum, you're wonderful, and like trying to like do what she did with me when I was young, and like try and like put it back because she is like, and she's gorgeous. Um, but. Yeah, I forgot where I was going with that, but no, yeah, we're talking about um, body positivity and where that comes from. Oh, and like with religion, you, yeah, yeah. When yeah. You grow up in a culture that literally is like bad. Yeah, your body's bad. You're bad. Yeah, you know, being a woman is bad. Mm. Um, put it away, cover it, hide it, and then suddenly none of that. You know, you're here. Yeah, on this side of things. Yeah, like boobs, love them all, love my body, love yeah. your body, love our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, where where does that where does that love come from? And I'm also curious if this is almost a part two question, not not related, but what did you have any anger that came up as you were kind of mm. getting rid of some of your beliefs? Were you like, hang on a second, why did I believe this? Who who told me to believe like when yeah. you processed it? Was it just to be like, oh, I don't want this anymore? Or was there like like anger oh there's tons of anger (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I think like um I had to go through a phase of really rejecting like everything that was like my past so like um like as I was saying before like I was like having to like deconstruct whether I wanted to get married or not and whether that was something that I wanted and I did the same with like having kids and like I'll never I'll never have kids like that's what like I was supposed to in quotation marks do when I was like a Christian and I, so I never want to have kids, but now I've like, I've had my angry phase and now I'm like, Oh, actually like I would consider having kids in the future or adopting or something. So I'm like, I've had to like, I feel like I had to reject everything and then slowly bring things back that I actually do believe in. Mm. Um, and actually do want for my life and figure out what things are, are like actually something that I want to do and what things were told like I was told I was supposed to do that I actually don't want to do um and that's still like a process and like I, I might change my mind about I, I'm allowed to change my mind about things as well like, yeah you know like no, um, isn't that the beauty of it we're allowed to uh, we're allowed to change and grow mm-hmm. and evolve how exciting mm-hmm. that's a big girl mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah there was like there was a stage where I was like just really pissed off about a lot of things which I think is fair but I think I'm like um I'm through most of that now. I still have moments where like, like, cause a lot of my extended family are very religious as well. And they'll like, accept like parts of me, but not other parts of me, which can be quite difficult. So I'm only recently out as bi, um, and only recently like embracing my, my queerness. Um, and that's something that a lot of my family like are not, not super into, mm-hmm. um, but I'm just trying to like talk about it more. Cause it's something that I'd love to talk about more in my work and like online as well. Cause it's like, it's so important for visibility. Um, and, and like, I want to be open. And I, like, um, when I was in my long-term relationship with my ex, uh, like I knew that I was bi and knew that I liked girls as well because I was in a monogamous relationship with a guy. It didn't really matter. It did, but I was like, it doesn't matter. I don't need to talk about it. Like it's okay. But now I'm like, actually it's important. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's like something that like, I think my family is still like, still like 
like coming to terms with and stuff yeah um, which is fair enough but, yeah 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 almost like not sure yeah how, where to put it yeah they're like oh. but so, yeah I get I get annoyed I get annoyed because like with like with like sex and sexuality stuff my family is very behind <laughs> very behind <laughs> um which can be like quite frustrating I'm like ah. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so let's say someone's listening and they're like what's the definition of queer mm-hmm um I think just like anything that isn't um anything that isn't cisgender heterosexual basically but it's like so broad Mm. and and like yeah like like so so I I like guys and girls so that puts me there a little bit but like someone who like um doesn't identify as the gender they're assigned as that that puts them there as well like there's it's just such a beautiful like big spectrum mm-hmm. um and like I'm still learning as well because I'm I'm behind because of my upbringing but um like yeah it's just like anything that's like not the norm the box. Yeah, yeah the norm in quotation marks because you can't see it because it's a podcast but because <laughs> what is normal exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly so what um so sort of what path do you take either you did you take when you started or if someone was like Francis I'm I love what you're what you're saying I love that you're talking about sort of deconstruction that you're talking about like pulling apart what you believe and how how do you do that well and where do you start like whether it's because they want to learn more about something Mm -hmm. like um gender studies or whether they want to learn more about sex in general and yes. it's like this is this thing that's like big and weird and scary and even when you say yeah. you're behind in it yeah and you're you're like someone who's off, like an advocate <laughs> big, like, voice yeah on it. how do you how do you catch up and what's that look like i think just like talking to people is the main thing so um educating yourself by having conversations educating yourself by reading um whether that's articles or books or there's like so much information that we have access to um and like it's really important to educate ourselves but then it's also really important to have conversations with people as well I think um so like and so that's what that's what kick-started me was having conversations with people at uni and realizing that my my well my old world worldview wasn't the only worldview and wasn't like the only right worldview like you know like um um so like talking to people and and like getting out of your little bubble will help like with this mm-hmm. exploration of who you are and like I think the internet helps so much as well like the internet is a scary scary place but it also like has a lot of beauty in it because Mm. there's like the community is so massive um and you can you can find people who are going through the same things or who are further along that can give you advice and stuff like that like like there's just so there's so much information at our fingertips it's so exciting yeah yeah absolutely Mm. and so it we do have um all knowledge and education just basically at our fingertips yeah. and it's quite literally yeah yeah it's yeah. like youtube a how-to video and so yeah like, or just listen to thousands of hours of people lecturing on something yeah. and suddenly you can become a specialist in yeah something, which mm-hmm. is pretty rad. Mm-hmm. um what about now what's your what's your faith like now what's your what's your view yeah. on even just god so i don't personally believe in god so i'd consider myself 
an agnostic verging on atheist. Um, but I think that like all, all faiths are still valid. Um, so I'm not going to tell someone not to believe in what they believe in because that's their choice. But I do, like, I'm not into telling people what to believe. So like, um, hence I'm not super into mission work. Um, sorry, mom and dad. Um, yeah. So like, not like pushing your beliefs on other people, but like, it's fine to believe what you believe. Mm. Um, and like, I think being like open to, um, open to learning and having discussions works with religion as well. So like, I, like I'm open to talking about faith stuff with my mum. Um, and even though we're on, we're on like different islands, we can like still communicate about, I don't know, like, um, we can still talk about it and have open discussion about it. And I'm not going to try and change her and she's not going to try and change me. And that's really beautiful. Mm. Um, and that's like the approach that I try and have with, with everyone. So, um, unless it's like harmful behavior, obviously, which is like a bit of a separate issue, but like in just in terms of like what you believe in, I think like it's good to have openness mm. and like an open, honest discourse is so nice. Mm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. No, I think that, that the, the ultimate, um, the ultimate existence for humanity, I would hope for one day is yeah. that we all get to a point where we can, where we can just have mutual love and respect for yeah. whether we see the things the same way or not. Yeah. Yeah. We can go, wow, you're a human and we have these 12 things in common. Yeah. And I'm going to focus on those. Yeah, exactly. Not the other things that we don't have in common. And, and yeah. I'm not going to try to change you or make you like me or. Yeah. Cause we're all, we're all different anyway. And we all have like diff- slightly different worldviews just automatically because we're all different yeah and but like why should we be trying to make everyone exactly like us that's so boring it is boring um yeah but also learning and growing is really important so nice. yeah <laughs> um what what do you think what role does faith play in a society and in a family mm-hmm. um do you see faith as something that people create for let's say control for connection Mm. for what is what is faith um why is it here i think like humans just like like automatically want to believe in something i think that's like kind of just like innate in us that we like would like to think there's like something bigger than us and i think um we believe in what we believe in to form connection and to like feel like some sort of safety, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I would feel safety in like the feminist community, for example. So like, that's almost like a religion kind of, um, but like, it's like finding community because like we're like such social, social animals, aren't we? Um, so like, yeah, like I'm not like, I haven't like done like religious studies or anything. So it isn't coming from like an expert point Mm -hmm. of view but like that's what I like I think like we just want to form connection and we want to feel safety um yeah but like it also can like that's like the I feel like that's like the root of it but then it can like turn into like quite ugly things as well like wanting wanting control because you're like control um that's like such a massive thing and I think that that control and fear end up taking over a lot of the time so like fear of like the other and then like wanting to control like your community or whatever or your family I think can like 
make religion into something quite ugly. Mm-hmm. So like when it's like when it's like the root thing, it's so beautiful and so wonderful, and then like we can like twist it because humans are so icky sometimes, aren't we? We are, yeah. It's yeah. almost like a evolved tribalism. Mm. Like, oh, this is our, you know, this is our tribe leader. This is our, you know, this is our chief, and this is our, this is our belief systems, or yeah. this is our shared language, and we all can connect in this, mm-hmm. in this space and in this way. Um, and it's really interesting because, I mean, I've, I've lived in Melbourne for two years yeah. um, in the past. Yeah. Um, that's the only country I've ever lived outside of the U.S. But yeah. And then I've traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. And the more that I travel and the more, like you said, the more that you get to know people who are different to you, the yeah. more it's really difficult to hear someone say, like, I have the one right answer. Exactly. And you're like, really? Because do you know how many people are on this planet that exactly, that? Exactly. That's really hard to hear yeah. one person looking at you and being like, you're wrong, I'm right. Yeah. I have the one right answer that everyone in the world needs. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, that's oh, wrong. That's yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's so interesting, like, um, because like a lot of religions have like really similar, like, or like a really similar core to them because I think they all came from like a similar like desire in in us um and like like I was listening to I've been listening to an audiobook which is about like um Greek myths and like a lot of Greek myths have really similar overlapping um things with the bible like stories in the bible um which makes sense because like similar areas and like um you know, like, in, like, similar time periods that these stories were, like, coming up. And so, like, like it makes total sense that, like, different religions have, like, similar similar bits in them, you know? Like, there's, like, a, there's, like, I feel like, don't quote me on this, but there's, like, <laughs> so, you know, there's, like, Noah, Noah and the Ark, like, yeah. the flood. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a big flood story in, like, in, like, Chinese, um, Chinese myths and stuff. And there's a big flood story in Greek myths. And, like, like, the there's just like so much similarity and overlapping that how can like one say like no this is right yeah you're wrong this is right like it's just like no well especially I think it's one thing to say oh I think that you're you know it's one thing if it's if it's not a life uh if it's not a moral issue like yeah oh you know roses are the best flower and then someone be like no yeah you're wrong (laughs) sunflowers are the best flower like who cares yeah but when someone is saying, no, you're wrong and your soul is going to burn forever. Yeah. That to me is where I just go like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Don't know, but like no. that, that suddenly gets, that's, that's sort of crossing a line for me where I'm just like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that works. Yeah. And yeah. That's like, like when I started like, um, really learning about colonialism and really learning about like, cause my, my like high school, and primary school education, like history education, wasn't super. It kind of skirted over those those things, as most white education does, um, because it's very shameful. Yeah. Um, but when I started like learning about that, and I could see the similarities, and also just historically, like the Crusaders went on their crusades to to Jesus, you know, yeah, yeah to like to Jesus and murder. Yeah. Um, that's like (laughs) lots of hand motions motions are happening um yeah so like when I started like like 
connecting those dots. I was like, actually, no, this doesn't vibe with who I am at all. And I really don't like that. That's really uncomfortable. And that's why like I personally rejected it. Um, but like, it is possible to, to like be a Christian and be feminist and to like, it is possible to like take bits that you do agree with and like, you can still believe in God and, and be like a decent human being. (laughs) It's possible. Um, but for me, it doesn't, doesn't match up at all. And I can't like, I can't ever see, I can't ever see me believing in God again, just because it's like the, the history of what Christians have done is not something that I want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you think that Christianity has a monopoly on God? No, definitely not. Like, like um, a lot of religions have have a really similar God figure, like, um, or like Abrahamic religions, which is like Judaism, Christianity, and is Islam all come from like similar Abraham. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they all like have the same God figure, but then it's like, so it's like, just like realize that you're so, so similar. Why do you have to hate each other all the time? Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, my, my, my extended family, some of them are, so Islamophobic that it's like, it's so horrible. And like some of the things I've heard them say are so racist and horrible. I'm just like, stop it. Like, like your religions literally come from the same person, like chill out. (laughs) Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so messy. It is messy. It's very complicated. And it's funny because like, it feels like, oh, it's not that, it's not that complicated. We can simplify it right now, right here right yeah. now, and it, everything would be fine. But then you look at thousands of years of yeah. wars and crusades, mm. and all of a sudden it's like, oh, mm. complicated. it's complicated. It's yeah. So when it comes to you and, and your life now, yeah. what's something that's new about you that you really love? Mm-hmm. And where do you get the love from? Okay. Does that make sense? Um, That's a yeah. weird question. Yeah, no, like, I get I get. Where does the love, because I yeah. think, so, like, a Christian would say, oh, well, my love comes from Jesus, or yeah. my love comes from God, so you don't have that anymore. Yeah. What's new about you, and where does your love come from? Oh, okay, yep. So I think, like, my love for my, I, I guess, like, learning self-acceptance has been really important in, like, and accepting myself, how funny. Um, but like, um, like something that's new in my belief system, for example, is sex positivity. That's quite new to me. So, um, so I started being sexually active at 21. Um, and, but there was a lot of shame attached to that cause that was during the really messy motherly period of my life. Um, so there was a lot of shame attached to that, but, but now how many years later is that? five years four or five years later um like I've come to really accept that part of me and that's really exciting Mm. and but it took time um so I think like time in learning how to accept bits of yourself that maybe you didn't accept before so like with with time comes love maybe maybe Mm. that's what I'm trying to say is like it, it took time for me to like love that part of myself and now I like really love that part of myself <laughs> um, um yeah I think that's what I was does that make sense that. yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. interesting so when you were growing up as a Christian yeah would you have considered yourself like a really good Christian were you like the kind of Christian that was um you know did you did you feel like you had a really 
sincere mm-hmm. relationship with mm-hmm. God or Jesus? Mm-hmm. And did you try to convert other people? Were you, you know, growing up, were you yeah. sort of like, maybe there's something not right about this? Or were you just like all in? So like from my own personal beliefs, I was really into it. So very, like I believed in God, loved Jesus, um, really like, um, really enjoyed like the community aspect, love church and stuff like that. Um, and like, I was like, I was pretty good at like watching the right things and like not listening to like too dirty music. I mean, I went through like an Eminem phase, which my dad was like, oh, but like, you know, yeah. <laughs> 13 year old Francis was like, I'm so angsty. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I, like I was like a good Christian, um, but something that has always like felt a little bit off was like telling other people like trying to convert people and stuff. That's never been something that I was um, comfortable with for myself. I like, like was like totally fine with the concept, um, but just never really enjoyed it myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so like when I finally like let go of religion, I was like, oh, finally, I don't have to keep trying to like change people all the yeah. time. Hooray. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I was a good little Christian girl. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Like, so where did your sex positivity come from and how do you go from being a virgin who thinks that sex is dirty and bad mm-hmm. to being vocal about yeah. sex positivity? I think like, like the, like the same answer to like so many questions was like, um, educating myself about it and like meeting people, um, yeah, and like real like discovering my own sexuality was so important um in like my in my growth, in my feminism, in like loving my body as well. It was so important. Um but like like it did take time as well. Like as a as I was saying, like my first like my first proper boyfriend and I like had sex when I was like 21. Um and there was so much shame attached to that. And he came from a really religious family as well. Um so there was shame on either side because they like both sides found out that we were sleeping together and that was a massive ordeal, not fun. And like, we were both like consenting adults. Like we were in our twenties, like, <laughs> and both living out of home. Like it's, it doesn't have to be a big deal, but it was a big deal. Um, and like, like the church found out that the church that we were going to at the time found out, like it was massive. It was horrible. Um, and I think like, but I think like going through all that like trauma actually helped with my sex positivity because I was like but why why is this such a big deal like we're both we're like we're in love we're consenting we're adults what's the problem and like I like I knew that and but then like there was all this drama happening and but I was like why and so then from there I started like like delving more into that and delving more into my my personal shame why I felt shame where was that coming from and then like thinking about like okay so like what is slut shaming and like all all this kind of stuff like started like thinking about that from that traumatic experience I think was the starting point mm. um yeah but now I'm like yes sex yay <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is so nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. um so then so then did you go through um a phase of having it be really shameful, like when everyone found out, was yeah. like, did that bring up stuff for you that you then had to process and yeah. go through and, and what was that like? Like that was really hard. And I, like my, my ex and I at the time had a lot of like issues with sex cause we both had so much shame attached to it. Um, and 
like that's so that's so sad because it should be something that's really beautiful and wonderful um but like because we had so much like childhood like like brainwashing mm. um attached to to sex like it, it took us a while and like and I think like um because now in hindsight I, I don't think we ever like properly got over that in our relationship and that's probably one of the reasons why we stopped working as well because now now in now seeing it as a single person and like I'm sexual active and like tindering and all all the fun things mm, but like um, swiping right, all <laughs> lots of left swipes as well Mel- like Melbourne <laughs> <laughs> um um but yeah like it's in hindsight looking and at uh, my relationship with my ex I'm like actually like there was like still a lot of like shame that wasn't our fault at all which is really like sad because it kind of wrecked something that was really lovely mm-hmm. but because there was so much like shame that we still hadn't properly gotten over like kind of led to our like downfall yeah. <laughs> um yeah but I don't think that that's uncommon yeah um and how how could it how could it be yeah when you're your development, like all of us, where yeah. our development is a sensitive time yeah. where even our brains are collecting information on what's good and what's yeah. safe and what's okay and what's not okay. Mm. And so to go through that season being like bad, 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 yeah. and then all of a sudden just like wake up one day and it be supposed to be good yeah. or, you know, be like fine. I mean, you're, it's, you're undoing a lot. Yeah. A lot. For sure. And I think like, I think, like, I hope like when my ex um, starts seeing someone else, I hope that um, he's able to like, like I have let go of that. So I think that that, that shame unfortunately is tied up in our relationship. But now that that's over, I'm hoping that like his future sexual encounters are a lot better as well. And like a lot less shame involved, hopefully. Um, that's my blessing to you. Blessing Aww. to you if you're listening. He won't. Um, <laughs> um, but like for me now that like um, like that that part of my life is finished, wrapped up tightly in a little bow, I'm able to be myself so much more and like um, embrace my sexuality and my my like I'm a sexual being and that's totally fine. And and it's like this is like such an exciting time of my life, like 2018. Woo. Um, but yeah, like it's like, it's, it's so unfortunate though that so many people have to go through that. And like, um, I, like I have friend, friends of mine, they're, they're a lovely married couple. Um, they're wonderful together, but like when they, when they first got married, they like weren't able to like, do anything sexual because there was so much shame attached because they also came from Christian families and they had to like go to like sex therapy and like how like which is totally fine and like is allowed but like it's so upsetting that like religion can do that to people like it's like so ingrained in you that this is a bad thing that even when you're doing it the right way as in in marriage Mm -hmm. which I don't agree with air quotes um even if you're doing it the right way, it's still, cause it's so ingrained in you that it's wrong and that it's bad and that any kind of sexual pleasure is not okay. Then it like fucks with your marriage or fucks with your relationships. And like, and, and, until you are able to deconstruct that. And even then. Yeah. Yeah. Your friends are so, so brave for knowing yeah. to get support because I think there are so many people that I know who've been through 
been through that where they have so much shame that they can't even go get support with it. Yeah. It's just like terrifying, scary, feels overwhelming. Yeah. And they just either stay together but just like have this horrible pain. Yeah. Or they break up yeah. and, you know, can't can't deal with it. So your friends are very brave. For yeah, I'm proud support. of them. Yeah. And um, another thing that I know in just in like a therapy statistic mm-hmm. is that um, – it usually takes people seven years of ha- of experiencing a problem mm-hmm. before they're willing to talk about it. Oh my like god! Seven years oh of my like god. of going through something isn't working here. This is hard, and being in that yeah, like this is so hard. This is this is painful. This is, I'm I'm experiencing shame or sadness. Yeah, it. Um, and then finally being able to go to a therapist and get support. Oh, Lord. (laughs) I know, I know, seven years. So if anybody's listening and going through that, Mm -hmm. don't wait seven years. It's okay. It's okay to ask for help. Go get help now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's that's definitely, um, I think, a common one. And I think it's really, this is me going on a tangent here. I love tangents. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's really interesting because, um, you know, I think that, Faith communities tend to put marriage and sex on a pedestal mm-hmm. almost as if it is a kind of God. Yeah. Like it is idolized. Yeah. like you are not fully worthy or fully valuable or fully whatever until you're married, until you're a parent, until yeah. you're whatever. Absolutely. And, and there's almost, because I know that there's more of a movement towards challenging certain faith structures and you know air quotes deconstructing yeah um that is more of a, of a practice that's happening in millennials and post millennials and gen z and and i think that that's great mm-hmm. that's really really good i'm waiting for that to hit marriage and sex fully yeah because it, it hasn't hit it yet it hasn't totally not yeah it really hasn't yeah. and i just think you know the fact that people can be saying I I just challenged everything that I believed about um, God or faith. Or, yeah. You know that that is like people can hear that and be like, oh cool. Yeah. yeah. I know like four other people that have gone through that. Yeah. But for someone to say I'm challenging marriage, mm-hmm. I'm challenging sex, I'm I'm deconstructing these idols. Yeah. In my life. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm wondering if the way that I view these things serves me. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's really happening. No, because our society still really idolizes marriage and really idolizes sex. And like, and then there's no problems with either of those things in itself, but it's the way that our culture like idolizes it. And, and also especially, um, heterosexual couples. Um, like it just idolizes that. And then anything that, that isn't that is like, mm, not as important and not, not as looked at in the media. Like it's yeah. And so like, we're all like, and it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of effort to deconstruct that. Cause our media is so obsessed with it. So obsessed, obsessed with, with, um, marriage and sex. Yeah. 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 And even like you said, heterosexual couples, yes. But I said to um, my husband, Jaden, uh, a couple of weeks ago, there were two couples that got engaged in um, where I grew up in the States. And both of them came from faith backgrounds. Mm-hmm. But both of them are in same-sex relationships. Yes. And they got engaged and they're like super excited to charge into planning a wedding. Yeah. And I'm like, 
I'm happy for them and that's yeah. great. Yeah. But also like I have all these question marks flying around my head because I'm just like, wait a second. Do you actually are you actually really excited about marriage? Mm because of something that you think marriage will bring you yeah. or are you excited about marriage because your culture and your upbringing says yeah. this yeah. is what you do next when you're in love yeah. and so even when you're doing something that isn't culturally conforming and you are in a same-sex relationship yeah it's 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 still and like and like even like because this year especially has been very like queer friendly and, and it's been amazing like a lot of like queer stuff in the media and it's like really exciting but even then like it's very it's still very like along the same vein like it's like oh my god look at those cute proposals or like look at these cute prom couples and it's like yay but also oh it's still like you know yes yes it's still very it's almost like that hollywood um you know this is what love is yeah um but it, it isn't just Hollywood. It's also very like the church. And it also, to me, if, you know, you were talking before about like seeing the world through fem- the lens of feminism yeah. and deconstructing things, looking at them from that, that lens. Yeah. And I think that if we were to stop and really pull apart views of sex and yeah. views of marriage and, and just relationships and love, air quotes, love. Yeah, general, yeah, yep. We'd be like, oh, the views that we have are very influenced by oh, yeah. patriarchy. Oh, and, yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, like, I'm I, I'm having to, like, um, in, in myself, because I'm going through, like, a very datey phase in my life and, like, loving, loving going on dates with new people, seeing lots of different people and stuff. But then I'm like, but I have to consistently like tell myself but this doesn't complete you if you find a person that doesn't like like finding the one doesn't complete you the one doesn't exist but that's still something that is still ingrained in me even though I've like been able to hop over the 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 marriage thing for myself I'm like eh, that's not I'm not interested but I'm still just like but I just want to be in be in a romantic relationship with someone um um and and like and the unfortunate like truth is that like our like society's obsession with like coupling it delegitimizes other relationships so much like friendships family relationships like it, it like makes it seem like those aren't as important so like when when someone gets a girlfriend or a boyfriend, they that's like all they care about, and then they forget about their friends and family, and that happens so much. So much. And it's like no, but those relationships are really important. It's important to have a lot of people around you. Like it's important to like, um, not just have one one person. Like yes. you're allowed to have lots of relationships, and 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 then like in regards to like sex and stuff, like not everyone is able to have sex even. Like and. But like that's not something that anyone talks about because we're so obsessed with with sex in our in our culture. Like sex positivity should include like people who aren't able to partake, mm-hmm. <laughs> unable to have sex because that's that's a thing that's normal. Yes. A lot of people, but people won't talk about it. No. And people probably push through a lot of pain to be a part of this thing that culture is so obsessed with. Yeah. Because because of the patriarchy and because of um like 
wanting to populate populate the earth mm-hmm. um like yes. oh it's yeah, there's so much there's, there's so, so much. much this is suddenly like an, an 82 part series <laughs> francis and caroline deconstructing everything everything <laughs> so so sort of what where where's the kind of like tie tie up of this is this is where someone that's listening to this that's just like, wow, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I totally get it, but wow, that's a lot. Like, yeah. How do I how do I listen to this and and apply it to my life in a positive way? How yeah. do I apply it to my relationships in a positive way? Yeah. Um, you know, how do I kind of move into this day that I'm living right now yeah. and have it not just be like, <laughs> I need to go take a nap because that was a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> How does that look? How does that look to you? I think taking naps is good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I I think like, like you don't need to put your pressure on yourself to change overnight. Like I think like, like you're allowed to take time to like work, work these things out. Like it's taken me a few years to get to where I am now from my old belief system to where I am now. It's taken five years. So like you're allowed to take time and that's okay. Um, that's probably my main piece of advice is like, and like if something doesn't sit right with you and that's okay as well. And then you're allowed to take time and, and like ask why. So like, why don't I agree with this? Um, is this something that I want to like want to put in my life or is it something that I don't want to put in my life? You're allowed to like deconstruct things yourself and like work out what works for you. Um, I think, um, yeah. So like, but, but you don't have to rush. You don't have to like, and like, you don't have to agree either. Like, like you're allowed to form your own opinions Mm. as a human. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the, the only things that I would add to that, just because it it came up for me when you were, when you were talking before and it's me drawing my own conclusion, but um, like you were saying with, with sex positivity and that yeah. there are some people who can't even have sex. Yeah. And where is the space for them to talk about that yeah. in, our, in our culture? Um, and so on that note, what I would just say is that if anyone's listening and feels like there is something in their own life that yeah. they have shame about, whether it's to do with relationships or their sex life or anything to do with their faith, absolutely anything mm. that you feel alone in, Trust me, you're not alone. Absolutely. so many people out there that are going through the same thing Mm -hmm. and they're feeling the same shame and they're like our culture and our society isn't making space for you to share what your truth is. Yeah. But there are people out there. Yeah. That are going through the same thing. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just love that you said that because I just, it really, it, it bums me out that there isn't space for those people, yeah. We don't talk about it, yeah, yet. yet. Hopefully, finger in I the mean, air, yet. There's still a few more months of 2018. Like we're not halfway yet. There's still a lot that 2018 can bring to us. Like it's exactly. a, it's been a good year so far. It like, has. Yeah. It has. Yeah. yeah. We're doing well. We <laughs> Stick around for part two of this out of line discussion with Francis Cannon. This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. 
Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya?